me welcome you to this service of worship. We're delighted that you're here today. We also want to welcome those worshiping with us online. Always glad to have you as well. Now, I hope you're in the Christmas spirit. Are you in the Christmas spirit? Look at the person next to you and say, I am in the Christmas spirit. Go ahead and tell them that right now. You know, sometimes the Christmas spirit is not that automatic, is it? Sometimes we don't get into the spirit of Christmas. Sometimes we're a little slow to catch on. We may be going through a difficult time this time of the year. It might be a tough year. We may have had a loss this year, maybe someone we loved. We may have had a difficult time at work. Various things can happen with the family. And so I just want to encourage you to maybe switch on that Christmas spirit and get ready because, you know, Christmas is coming whether we're ready or not. Did you know that? And it'll be here next Sunday, won't it? Can you believe it? Have you got all your Christmas shopping done? Do you have my sizes? <laughs> if you don't, you don't have all your Christmas shopping done, do you? Well, listen, I'm glad that you got together. Now, today I want you to look at the scripture. You can read it for yourselves. It's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. You might look it up online. You might look it up in your Bibles. Go home and read it this afternoon. But it's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And you have an outline if you want to follow along on your phones uh, and your devices there. Now, several years ago, uh, we took our kids. We had, we had gone through Christmas together. We lived in Florida. We have extended family in Tennessee. And so we took our family to Tennessee to see the extended family after the holidays, you know, between, or after Christmas, between the holidays of Christmas and New Year's. And so uh, Laura has a nephew named Stephen. And at that time, he was coaching. And he was coaching at a basketball tournament. You know, a lot of times they'll play basketball during the holidays, and they'll have special tournaments that go on. He was coaching two of his cousins, Laura's and other nephews, who were actually on the team. And so um, they were out there, and Stephen was one of those coaches that would get their attention. And he would get on to them when, when they came in for halftime or when they came uh, for a timeout. He would let them know if they weren't performing up to par. And so he was really letting Zach, Laura's other nephew, have it. Now, you have to picture Stephen because Stephen's shorter than Zach. He's taller, but Stephen, that didn't hinder him one bit. He was really letting him have it. It was a lot like Sergeant Carter and Gomer Pyle, if you ever remember watching that. And he was looking up at Zach and really letting him have it. Well, Catherine, our younger daughter, she was about five or six years old. She really didn't understand how coaches will sometimes get on to their players to try to get them really into the game and, and make them play better. And so she's right, we're right behind the bench. And Stephen's really letting Zach have it. And Catherine's little face, she's just so worried because she thinks that Stephen and Zach are mad at each other, but, but they're not, but she doesn't understand. And, and after he just reams him out, she looked at us and she said, Stephen needs to get the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope you have the Christmas spirit. You know, one year, the headline said they've canceled Christmas in Bethlehem. Because of all the violence that occurred in the Holy Land, the shops had to close, and they turned off the lights in Manger Square there, and the Christmas tree was not lit. The place where the Prince of Peace was born was filled with violence. But make no mistake, Christmas came anyway, as it always does, because you can't cancel Christmas. There's a beautiful old Christmas legend that talks about God speaking to the angels and giving them a special song he wanted them to sing and telling them to prepare and practice and get ready because on a certain night they would be singing this song. 
And he insisted on them having a great standard, that their tone and rhythm and quality be there. And, and then finally he announced that they were ready. But then he shocked them by telling them, now this song that you're going to sing, you're only going to sing it one night. And then one night God called them together in a field outside Bethlehem and said, it's time to sing. And the angels did sing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to all. And as they sang that they knew they would never sing another night like this, this particular song, and they knew that there would never be another birth like this, the birth of Jesus there in Bethlehem. And when they finished singing, the angels returned to heaven, and God reminded them, now you'll never sing this song again. And one of the angels was brave enough to ask God, well, why? Why won't we sing this great anthem again? And God said, because my son has been born, and now earth must do the singing. You and I, we came together today and we sang. We sang in the last service. We sing special songs at Christmas, don't we? Meaningful songs, songs that mean so much to us, songs that talk about the birth of Christ and celebrate that. And Christmas comes to remind us that God's Son has come to earth, that we can celebrate that fact, and now we can do the singing. Music is a big part of Christmas, isn't it? You know, the good news of Christmas is so awesome, it's not enough just to talk about it. Sometimes we just have to sing it, don't we? Let's sing the beloved carols, O Little Town of Bethlehem, or Joy to the World, or the First Noel, or Come All Ye Faithful, or Silent Night. Our granddaughter Collins is six years old, and she recently sang her first solo at the nursing home. She sang, O Holy Night. She did a marvelous job. I have a video on my phone if you'd like to stay after the service. I'll be glad to show it to you multiple times, okay? Laura and I pay for her voice lessons, and as far as we're concerned, it's money well spent, right? But there are also the other songs that we're familiar with, like Jingle Bells and Winter Wonderland and I'll Be Home for Christmas. One year I was doing some Christmas shopping and they were playing music around the stores and I suddenly realized that I was singing along with Bing Crosby, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Now the chances of us having a white Christmas here in Panama City Beach are pretty, pretty slim, aren't they? I mean, we could go out at the beach and just say, see, it looks like snow, right? It's sugary sand, but it's really not going to happen, is it? But you know, we might not have a white Christmas, but we could have a right Christmas. What does it mean to have a right Christmas? I want to suggest three things that might help us do that. First, we need to be right with God. That's number one. That's the starting place, isn't it? Because that's what Christmas means to us. Jesus came into the world to make us right with God. Now, tomorrow, Laura, my wife, and I will celebrate 42 years of marriage. And I want you to know, yeah, that's okay. You can clap. That, that's fine. Because I know you're clapping for Laura, 42 years, 42 years with him. Really? Can you stand it? You know, and you know what? We even rode to church together today. That's right. I don't know if she'll let me ride home with her or not, but we did get here and I'm grateful for that. Do you remember that old story of a couple who had been married a long time and they were riding in the car and beautiful Christmas music was playing and she got nostalgic and she turned to her husband. And she said, do you remember when we were younger, we used to sit close to together in the car. She said, how come we don't do that anymore? And he looked at her and said, well, honey, all I know is I haven't moved. He'd been right there all along, hadn't he? 
Now, Christmas comes every year to remind us that God has not moved. If we've drifted away from Him, that's why we're not as close as we used to be. Years ago, a man named Hugh Litchfield took his five-year-old son Christmas shopping with him, and he said, now, I want you to stay close to me because there's a lot of people. It's a big crowd. I've got to buy your mom a Christmas present, and so you stay close to me. And they got into the department store, and as he was buying something for his wife, his little boy kind of drifted off, and when he looked around, he couldn't find him anywhere just five years old, and he was in a panic. He, he looked and searched, and he, he couldn't find him. Finally, he was about to really get upset when he heard over the loudspeaker in the store, we have a lost boy here. If you've lost your little boy, come to the service desk. And he anxiously made his way there, and he found his little five-year-old son, and they were reunited, and he was so thankful. And there were lots of hugs and words of love followed by visits to the candy counter. And then also they went to get some new toys for his son because they had been apart, and now they were so happy to be back together. Well, that's kind of what this is about. The one who spoke over the loudspeaker served as a reconciler between the boy and his dad, and the person at the service desk got them back together. See, that's what Christ does for us at Christmas. He gets us together with our Heavenly Father. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. God comes in the Christ child to save the lost, and that's such a blessing at Christmas. God's visit to earth took place in the form of an animal shelter. Have you ever thought about it? There were no attendants present, nowhere for the newborn king to lay his head except a feeding trough. That event that divided our calendars into two parts, have you ever thought about this? They may have had more animals present than humans on that night to see the Christ child's birth. And that's why we sing how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. The only way we can have a right Christmas is to let the Christ of Christmas bring us back to the Father who loves us. We often read the words, Jesus is the reason for the season. And the only way to have a right Christmas is to recognize that to let Christ reintroduce us to God and reunite us with the Father. Now, second, we need to be right with ourselves. Psychologists tell us that we can't feel good about life and about other people unless we feel good about ourselves. That's called healthy self-esteem. In order to be right with ourselves, we have to make peace with ourselves. But it's not always easy to be at peace with ourselves, is it? Have you ever had an emotional inner conflict with yourself? And maybe you just didn't feel very good about who you were and what you did? Janet Downs decided that she's from Belleville, Nebraska, and she decided that she was going to do something special on her 40th birthday. She decided to marry herself. She hadn't gotten married, so she decided, I'm 40, I'm getting married. She exchanged vows with herself in the mirror, and she said, with this ring, I, me, wed. She had a wedding gown, she had flowers, she had the traditional wedding cake, and she said that, she said that ought to show that she indeed is at peace with herself and happy about herself. 
But it's hard for us to be at peace with ourselves all the time. Did you hear about the man who wrote the IRS a letter? And he said, Dear sirs, I underpaid my tax bill last year, and my, I can't sleep at night. My conscience is bothering me, and I've enclosed a check for $600. And then he said, P.S. at the bottom, If I still can't sleep, I'll send the rest. Did you know that several years ago, Rick Patino, the coach at the University of Kentucky, has suspended three of his star players in a very important conference game? The reason was that as they were reviewing the film of last Saturday's game, he noticed a few of his players laughing. What was so funny? Silently, he just kept watching them, trying to determine what they were looking at and laughing. One of the Kentucky players was shooting a free throw, and then he put it together. He suddenly realized what was so funny to them. When one of the players would get fouled, they would slip a different player to the foul line because he was a better free throw shooter, and they looked enough alike that they could fool the other team and the referees a lot of times. In other words, one player had been fouled, but another player was shooting the free, free throws, and that was a violation of college basketball rules, of course. Coach Patino said the players thought it was a big joke. He said, but I didn't think it was funny. So much so that I suspended those three players for a big game that we were playing against an arch rival. He said, they'll never do that again, and they'll never joke about it again. He said, I want to win as much as the next coach, but I tell you what, I want to teach those players to know the meaning of integrity. Let me ask you the question this morning. Do you know the meaning of integrity? Do you know what it means to be honest? Do you know what it means to be ethical, to be virtuous, to have good morals? Do you feel good about your life right now and who you are? Sometimes we're at a place where we can't say that. Sometimes our relationship with God and other people is not what we want it to be. Sometimes even our relationship with ourselves is not what we want it to be. And the only way to be at peace with ourselves is to have the Prince of Peace in our hearts and lives. A woman named Vivian K. Walker from Montgomery, Alabama, wrote as an, a part of an assignment for school when she was just in the second grade. Listen to what she said. Christmas is a very important holiday in my life. It's special because I'm a Christian. My family believes that Jesus was born on Christmas Day. At our house each year, we decorate the Christmas tree, and my favorite ornament is a set of little glass boots that was given to me when I was much younger, and I always hang those on the tree because it's such a special memory. And every Christmas, my mom and my dad, my sisters and my brothers and me, we go to my grandmother's house, and there we eat delicious food. And she said, I love the potatoes with the melted cheese my grandmother puts on them. We also give presents, and we get presents. One time I was riding in the car with my dad, and I said, do you and Mom get presents from Santa Claus? And my dad thought about it for a minute, and he said, yeah, I think we do. He said, every Christmas morning when we watch the smiles on your faces, that's a great present for us. Then she said this, my parents have taught me that not all presents come in boxes. The second grade, her parents had taught her well, hadn't they? 
Now, the third thing we need to be is right with other people. When I was a little boy, we would go out to my great-grandmother's house in Tennessee out in the country. It was a big old rambling two-story house, and all my extended family would be there. And we would go in, and it was there as a child I learned about mistletoe. You see, what had happened was that they had put up some mistletoe on the landing of the entrance hall steps. She had this big entrance hall with these big steps, and they had a landing, and then it turned and went on up to the upstairs. And there was a couple there that was dating, and they went up those stairs, and everybody was standing around in the entrance hall, and they got under that mistletoe. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what mistletoe was. And then they kissed each other, and I was so excited. I ran up there to be closer to them. I just thought, that was a neat thing. You know, it was years later that I, I learned that mistletoe grows in trees and usually oak trees, but a lot of different kinds of trees. And apparently one of my uncles had had to take his 22 rifle out before that day and he shot some mistletoe down out of the tree and he put it up for us. I learned about it. But did you know the special uh, meaning of mistletoe? Well, there's a woman who has a special Christmas headband, and she has mistletoe above it. When you wear it, everywhere you go, you're under the mistletoe. I can see some of you making notes right now. You're going to head out and buy some of that right after the service. This elderly lady has so much fun with that that several weeks before Christmas, she puts it on and she wears it everywhere she goes. And then she spreads Christmas joy. She gets a lot of kisses and hugs and smiles, too. The custom of the mistletoe, do you know where it came from? It came from the Druids in northern Europe. They believed that mistletoe could cure a lot of things, including the separation of people. So when two enemies would come together under the oak tree with mistletoe hanging above them, they would take it as a sign from God to drop their weapons and be reconciled. Isn't that neat? When the missionaries moved to northern Europe, they saw the mistletoe custom as a perfect example of what happens at Christmas. Christmas is a time of peace. It's a time of reconciliation. It's a time of embracing one another. And if you want to have a right Christmas, you can go in the spirit of Christmas and you can fix any broken relationships you might have today. Listen, if you're alienated, if you're estranged, if you're cut off, if you're at odds with someone else, another person, I want to encourage you, go make peace. Don't put it off any longer. Don't hide behind your pride. Drop your pride, drop your weapons, drop your grudges and set things right. And if you'll go, God will go with you. And that's what mistletoe and Christmas is really all about. God comes to us in the Christ child so that we might be set right with God, with ourselves, and with other people. And when we do that, then each one of us together can celebrate the fact that we can have a right Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for you, for who you are, your majesty and glory, your awesomeness. You are an amazing God. We recognize you, Lord. Daily, we talk to you, and you talk to us, and we listen. Thank you for that privilege. Thank you of communicating with us. What a blessing that is. 
And then also, Lord, we thank you for this special time of the year when we can celebrate the birth of your son, that little baby who came who was not threatening to anyone, that little baby who came to save us from our sins, that little baby who came so that things might be made right with us and with you so that we might live our lives with you and spend all eternity with you. And so today, Lord, we are reminded that we can have the Christmas spirit. We have a reason to have the Christmas spirit. Lord, I pray that we might share that spirit liberally, that wherever we go this week, whoever we see, whether we're at home or at work or at school, wherever we are, I pray that we might be your witnesses. I pray that we might be your hands and feet, your voice, your person to be there for that person who needs to be uplifted and encouraged and affirmed, that person who needs a pat on the back, that person who just needs a smile, that person who needs to be recognized. Lord, today we're grateful that a 39-year-old man made a commitment to Christ and was baptized in the earlier service, a man who'd been coming to church here with his family for years. And he said, you know, I want to make a decision for Christ and I want people to know and and he met with me this last week in my office. And I got a front row seat to watch you work. And what a privilege and blessing that is. And because of that, the angels rejoice. The Bible tells us that whenever someone comes together, Lord, we know that the angels rejoice in heaven because one who was lost is found. And so, Lord, I know they're singing today. And we're joining them. We sing with them because we want to see so many people, your people, your children who don't know you yet, people who are far from you. We want to see them reconciled with you. We want to see them have your spirit, that Christmas spirit. Thank you, Lord, for letting us participate in that blessing. Now, Lord, we pray that you might be with us this week. Use us to be your witnesses. Draw us closer to you. And we pray that we might have a very special Christmas, not because of the gifts, not because of the food, not because of the crowds, but simply because of you. And that we'll take that time to just pause and reflect on all you are and all you've done. And we will celebrate you and we will be close to you and we will be grateful people. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 